Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Well, again, this is a special day. Today is all about Mother's Day, and we are uh, still continuing in our series, The Dreamer. This will be our last installment of this series. Last week, we talked about Joseph and how God used Joseph, the dreamer, to do some amazing things. And uh, before he was even old enough to understand uh, the capacity to which God would bless him, uh, you know, he had gone through some trials and some tribulations, but in the end, he became uh, all that God said he would be plus some. And so today, I want to talk about, since this is Mother's Day, I want to talk about a particular woman in the Bible that a lot of times she goes without getting enough credit, in my opinion. It's a sister by the name of Hannah in the Old Testament. Uh, she was definitely a mom of great uh, faith, we'll say that, certainly a praying woman, and I would like to say she was a dreamer. They don't describe Hannah as a dreamer, but when I tell you a little bit about her story, you can imagine the dreams that she had and how God eventually blessed her. Let me pray, and then we're going to dig right into this word. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, today may your name be kept holy, God. I pray that I represent you like never before. God, if you would, extend your grace and mercy in this place. Bless this place today from center to circumference, Father God, so that when we leave this place, we can say we had a good time, not because of the messenger, but because of the message of your, of your son, the Messiah. So, God, I pray that today these words just bypass the ears and rest solely on the hearts of those in attendance today. In Jesus' name, all those agreed said, Amen, amen. If you are taking notes, and I hope that you all are, uh, uh, there's some Scripture there. Now, there's going to be a lot of Scripture I'm going to share. A lot of it is not in your notes, but, you know, uh, we'll get up on the screen so you can follow along here. Let's jump right into the Scripture here. The story of Hannah comes from the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 1, and extends all the way to 1 Samuel, chapter 2, and ends kind of around verses 18 through 21, somewhere around there. Today I want to offer to you Samuel 1, uh, verse 1 through 11, and the words are here. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Joraham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, of Ephraim. I always wonder why they had to tell that whole story. Let's, like, get right to it, but I guess it makes sense. Elkanah had two wives. There was Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at the time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, 
on the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And he would, uh, and though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and would make fun of her because of the Lord, because the Lord had kept her from having children. And year after year, it was the same. It was the same thing. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle, and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. One day, Elkanah says, "Why are you crying, Hannah? And why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children?" And this is just like a man. You have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? We always try to say the right thing at the wrong time. And it's never the right thing at the right time. That's just like us. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting as his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you, and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. I read all of that to really focus our entire attention on that last part which was her prayer and vow to God. O Lord of heaven's army, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. And he will be yours for this entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord and his hair will never be cut. There are three very important principles I want to draw from Hannah's vow or prayer. As we all know, as I shared to you last week, God speaks to dreamers. He always starts something with somebody in a dream. He starts with dreamers. He'll give you something in your dream, a vision of something in the past. Sometimes it's not great news, and other times it's fascinating news. And, and what happens is when we get that fascinating dream, we know it's a God-given dream, we want to leap into the dream and skip the process. And what I want to offer to you today is when God gives you that dream and you know it's a God-given dream because it's repetitious, it'll happen night after night after night after week after week after week, I want you to pray. I know, I know we got some praying folks in here, so I'm not going to insult your, your, your Christianity and all of that, but pray. Pray three ways. When God gives you that dream, there's three specific things I want, how, how I want you to pray. And we're taking this directly from Hannah's vow. The first way I want you to pray is pray decisively. Pray decisively. Hannah made up in her mind that she was going to pray until God blessed her 
dream. She was not going to give up. She would not let her adversary, the other woman in the house, prevent her from losing the focus that God had for her life. She would not let that woman's taunting. And y'all, y'all know how it gets sometimes. I guarantee this woman would walk around with her kids and look at Hannah all kind of funny way, like, look at me. I got kids, and you ain't got none yet, na 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 boo boo you know, rubbing it in poor Hannah's face. And when they went to the, to the tabernacle to pray, and she had great food and all that she wanted, Hannah was only given a choice selection. She rubbed that in her face. But Hannah did not allow that to deter her from the mission at hand. God gave her a dream. Now, it doesn't say in the Bible that she was a dreamer, but I can imagine that she was. I can imagine that day in and day out, every time it was time to go you know, when it was close to time to go to the tabernacle to praise, I can guarantee she dreaded it. I can guarantee her stomach began to ache because yet again, we're going to the tabernacle and I still have not given this man any babies. I can guarantee that every time it was almost time for them to go to that tabernacle, old girl was penina, was rubbing it in her face. Girl, Hannah, you ready? It's tabernacle time. You got your kid. Oh, you don't have no kids. My kid's ready was rubbing it in her face. And the thing about it is, it was a disgrace for a man to be married to a woman back in that day without children. As a matter of fact, it was such, a, such humiliation that the, that the law at the time allowed for a man to divorce an unbe- a, a woman that couldn't have kids. He could divorce her. That was grounds for divorce. Woman, you can't make me no kids. Peace. But old Elkanah was a man of integrity. He loved Hannah. He loved her a lot, kept her, tried to console her. Yeah, he said the wrong thing at the wrong time, but what he was trying to do was say, baby, it's going to get better. Just keep on praying. Just keep on seeking God. It's going to get better. And Hannah decided in her mind, I'm not going to let nothing stop me from achieving what God has for me. Some of y'all have dreams that God has given you, and you need to decide right now, I'm not going to let what my neighbors say, my family say, I'm not going to let that rejection letter stop me. God has a plan. I'm just going to keep on knocking because eventually the right door will open, and baby, when it opens, I know it's going to be a flood of blessings that's going to pour all over my life. I'm not going to let nothing deter me. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to allow the rejection letter or the rejection from a person or anybody stop me. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep writing my vision. I'm going to rip this business plan up, start another one. Maybe that wasn't the best. I'm going to keep on trying. I talk to people all the time. They say, man, you're applying for jobs. I've applied. I put my resume in. And I was like, oh, how many times did you put, you know, how many resumes did you put out? 20. Man, put 200 out. Don't stop because you put 20 and got 20 rejections. Don't let that stop you from the process. Keep going. Have you applied at every company in this city? Well, then you got a long way to go, baby. Because the company that God wants you to work for is here. You just quit. God never did. Keep on going. She was decided in her mind and in her heart. Nothing's going to stop me. So the first thing you must do in your prayer as you are trying to achieve your dream, pray decisively. Pray decisively. If God has a dream for you, here's what I encourage you to do. Pursue it with relentless determination 
and reckless abandon. I used to listen to that reckless abandon thing, and I was like, that's just crazy. You mean just like forget the law, forget the stuff I'm supposed to do, just go out there and just go all, uh, you know, all willy-nilly without a care to the world? And then I researched it a little bit, and it made more sense as I researched relentless determination, reckless abandon. Reckless by meaning is heedless of danger or consequences, rash or careless. That word careless is what tripped me up, careless. If we break it down to just the two words, care, separate word, less, I care less about what you say. I care less about what you say. I care less about what you say. I care less about what this rejection letter says. I care less about that obstacle in front of me because I serve a God who will lift me up by my shirt collar and put me over said obstacle. I care less, relentless uh, 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 determination, reckless abandon. Abandon, when I look at the word abandon, abandon meaning to leave, uh, give up completely or desert without fear or danger or consequence in a rash careless or impulsive manner, to be free of constraint. Your shackles of negative energy ain't going to hold me from the promise that God has for me. Your shackles of judgment are not going to hold me from the promise that God has for me. Your shackles of judgment are not going to hold me from what God has for me. Reckless abandon. I care less, and I'm not going to let your stuff stress me out. God has a plan for me, and baby, doggone it, I am going to achieve it because God gave it. Pursue your dreams with relentless determination, meaning I'm not going to give up. Nothing's going to stop me. And reckless abandonment. I care less, and I'll be free from your constraints from getting me to my destination. You know, God had a plan for Samuel even before the beginning of time. Samuel didn't know that. Hannah didn't know that. But there was something tugging in her spirit that made her believe it. So she decided to continue to pray, pray decisively. The second thing I want to offer to you is pray specifically. Pray specifically. Too many times, many of us say a mantra type of prayer. We get down on our knees, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do. It's a mantra. We remember it's, it's memorized. I totally don't like mantra prayers. Neither does God. My children, even when they sit down to eat, they cannot say, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for his food, amen, because it becomes their mantra. Every time they sit down, they have to say something unique and really say a prayer that, that, that really honors God. So every time they sit down and eat, individually, they pray. It's not the same prayer. If you don't believe me, come by my house before dinner, and I might even feed you, but you can watch my kids say their prayers one by one, and each one is unique. Because God doesn't want a mantra prayer. He wants to hear, not from your mouth, but from your heart. He wants to hear what is on your heart. He wants a conversation, a relationship with you. Imagine having a friend, and every time you got together, they said the same thing. How you doing? In the same order. How you doing? How your mama doing? How was work? How was this? How was that? Good. The whole time, you, you pouring your heart out. Man, I had a rough day. I found out so-and-so had cancer. Oh, that's okay, because they've been saying this mantra greeting to you every day void of the opportunity for relationship. 
And I, I refuse to allow that to happen for me or any of you. So pray specifically. What does that mean? Make your prayer specific, not nebulous or mantra in nature. Not, not something repetitious. Hannah prayed specifically. What was her prayer? She prayed for a son. She could have said, God, if you would, bless me with a daughter. God, if you would, just give me a baby. I've been waiting all this time. It doesn't say in the Bible specifically how long she and Elkanah were married, but they had been married for some time, for a long time. And at this point, she could have been like, you know what? I've been asking for a son all these years, God. So I, I tell you what, just give me a baby. Just a baby. It could be a short baby. I don't mind. Just give me a baby. Piece of a baby. I want a baby. But she said, no, specifically, God, bless me with a son. And here's the beauty of it. Bless me with a son, and this is what I'm going to do if you give me the son. I'm going to give him back to you. The one thing she desired more than anything was a son. And she promised God, if you give me said son, I will offer him back to you. Is that not a bold vow to make? God, you know I have this dream that you've given me to be the next CEO of Apple. If you bless me with that, God, I'm going to give Apple back to you. It got quiet in here. Because the reality is we ask God for certain blessings and certain prayers. He gives us a dream. God, if you give me said thing, why I got to give it back? I asked for it for a reason. Why I got to give it back? That wasn't Hannah's position. Hannah says, if you give me a son, God, I'll give it back. She prayed specifically. Let me tell you why. Can I tell you why she prayed specifically? She knew who she was praying to. She knew that she was praying to a God so big that if I give it back, God will triple or double what this blessing is. He'll do even more than I can imagine he'll do. The Bible says this woman didn't have children for this man for an extended time. It doesn't say the years or how long, but it was a long time they've been married. This woman had been teasing her for years. And she says, God, specifically give me a son so that I may give him back to you. And let me tell you what God did. He did that. This was her prayer. She said in 1 Samuel 11, 1 and 11, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you, and he will be yours, yours, God. You give him to me, I'm going to give him back. For yours, for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. I just think, man, out of desperation, out of, I, I just would have been asking for any and everything. The pressure's on me. Why? Because I know at some point, homeboy Elkanah, he's going to dump my behind because he can. I know at some point, he's going to knock old girl up again, Penina, and she's going to rub it in even further. I know that my situation right now to my family is disgraceful. The pressure's on. I know these things. So out of desperation, I'm like, man, give me anything. Here's the other thing that could have happened. But obviously, they weren't wealthy enough. 
in that time, it was okay if you had a servant for your husband to sleep with your servant to give a baby. We know that earlier in Genesis that that was okay. But it's obvious that they didn't have enough money or they weren't in that class of people to where they had a servant that Elkanah could sleep with and and get pregnant. Because if that was the case, they would have mentioned that in the Bible and Elkanah would have just had a, you know, situation with the servant and the servant would have had a baby and there would not have been shame on the house. But they weren't wealthy enough to even have had a servant. So the pressure's on Hannah. And out of desperation, if it was me, I'd be like, yo, I'm a snatch a kid or something. I'm going to do something because it's about to be crazy. And had he left her, the disgrace that would have marked her forever for the rest of her life would have been unbearable. She she prayed specifically for a son. First thing you do, pray decisively. Decide today that you're going to continue to pray for that dream to uh, come to fruition for the dream to pass that God has given you. Second, th- second thing, pray specifically. Let me tell you what happened when she did that. If we go down to Samuel, 1 Samuel 1, verse 24 to 28, it reads this. And it's not in your notes, so it may be on the screen, but I'll read it to you. 1 Samuel 1, 24 to 28, this is what happened. God did bless her with a son. That same time she left the tabernacle, by the time they got home, and old Elkanah kind of set the mood right, they had a moment, and she got pregnant. And guess what she had? A son. It gets better. 1 Samuel 1, 24-28 says this, When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh, They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. And she says to Eli, Sir, do you remember me? Eli was the high priest. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy the one I have right here, and he has granted my request. Now, Mr. High Priest, now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. Let me me fix this for you. I don't want y'all to be lost. Hannah's praying at their tabernacle. She's crying. She's weeping. She's so distraught. Eli, the high priest, is sitting in his place of position outside of the tabernacle, and he's watching. She's so distraught that her mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. She's weeping uncontrollably. Eli sees this, and Eli says, woman, what are you doing? Are you drunk? At least have the decency not to show up to this festival at the tabernacle tipsy. My Lord, I'm not drunk, Hannah says. I'm not drunk. I'm just distraught. This is why I'm praying this way. I'm, I'm hurting really bad. Uh, I have not given my husband any children and so forth and so on. And so Eli sees this and he says, bless you. I pray that everything happens. Or two or three are there. Or two or three are joined. God is there. He touched and agreed with her prayer. God blesses it. What does she do? 
she gives the son up, takes him back to the tabernacle, said, Eli, remember me? I made a promise to God. Now, I waited three years. I know you've been waiting for me, but I wanted to wean him. He's weaned. For two or three years, she spends quality time with her baby. She breaks bread with her baby. The baby's been suckling on the, on the breast. He, he's been there. She's watched him take his first steps two or three years old. She spent the first three years with him. I've got a whole lot of mothers in here because I see a lot of roses. Can y'all? I cannot do that. I can't imagine spending that much quality. Sydney just turned two. I'm so in love with this child, I don't know what to do. And then I can't imagine having to give her, woo, just seeing her walk away tears me apart. But this was a woman of great integrity, a woman of promise. She took the boy back, gave him to Eli, kept her promise with the Lord. Let me, let me bring this home. How many of y'all? And I'm just going to do it small. God, if you help me pass this exam, I'm going to do such and such. You pass the exam and you forgot all about God. I ain't no shame in my game. I'm guilty. Oh, there they go. There the hands go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, if you, if you just do this one thing for me, if you just get me out this jam, I promise I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to serve you. I'm a, I promise I'm going to join the church. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to stop just being a giver. I'm going to be a tither, giving 10%. I'm going to do this. God, if you just do this thing for me. And God says, the one time he'll act like a genie, as you wish. And he blesses you. You're like, oh, Jesus blessed me. He blessed me. High five. He blessed me. High five. He blessed me. You forgot all about it. Sunday come, offering bell bucket pass. You done spent what you were going to give. Sunday come, oh, I'm going to sign. I'm going to. It done passed because so much happened from that Sunday to the next Sunday that you done lost what you promised God you'd do. But, oh, Hannah, we can learn a lot from Hannah. God, if you just bless me, and he does it, and you actually honor it. Let me tell you what he did for Hannah. This is so crazy. I'm sitting here like, man, I can't. Look at this beautiful little girl. Two years old. Oh, my God. Huh? Two years old. I can't imagine taking her to the priest saying, here, man, I know I made a promise. I'd be like, God, can I give you a bike or something? Huh? I got like a a case full of Bibles. I'm going to give you your word back. Can I give you my brother, my sister, and my mama even? But not this pretty little angel. God, I, I, I was just crazy when I said that, God. I didn't mean it that way. What had happened was I can't imagine that. And it was funny seeing her and, and, and uh, little Sanai play together yesterday. They're the same age. They're like a month, three weeks apart, actually, uh, Sanai Pierce. Her, her parents are here. Just seeing them play together, I'm saying, could I give her away? Could they give their little beautiful princess away? Could, I, could we give little Santi away? Oh, my God. I'd be like, God, let's make a, can we renegotiate the contract? I'll do everything you want me to do. I'll be a bishop if you want me to be. But just don't take my baby. You know how bad I wanted this baby. You know how often I prayed. This is what God did. Check this out. First Samuel, second chapter, verse 21. Woo! God is a bad dude, man. I tell you, God is a bad dude. She honored God. She said she was going to do what she said she was going to do. And then we come to 1 Samuel, 2nd chapter, 21st verse. And the Lord gave Hannah three sons. But wait, that's not it. Two daughters. Whoa! She gave up one. He gave her three sons and two beautiful daughters. 
Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Guess what happened when she gave Samuel up? Samuel was the very last judge of Israel. Samuel actually anointed, anointed Saul and David to be kings. Whoa! Whoa, the one thing I wanted more than anything in this entire world, a son, I was so desperate. I said, God, if you give me this son, I'm going to give him back to you so he can serve you. I got so much faith that you're going to do greater things for me. I'm going to give up this lifelong dream of a son that would honor my family, take the shame off of my head for not being a produce for my husband. If you give that one thing to me, I'm going to give it back to you because I know you'll do double, triple, or even more than I could even imagine. She does that with great faith. God gives her three sons, two daughters, and the one son she gave away was the supreme ruler of that time. He was the first one to anoint two great kings in the Bible. Woo! Woo! They don't make enough movies about that. That's good entertainment. And it's factual. He anointed two of the greatest kings ever talked about in this big, thick book called the Bible. Judges. He was the last judge. Now, if you don't know what judges were, at that time, Israel was going through some stuff. So instead of having all of these great kings, they had these uh, sort of like rulers, if you will. That's just for lack of a better term. But they kind of ruled the land, and they were the judges. They were kind of reconciling people uh, and back to God, trying to fix the mess that was going on in the land. They weren't kings, but they were like up there. They were like the upper echelon. If there was a king at the time, they would have been that plus some. He's the very last one, the sacrifice of a mother. And he goes and anoints two great kings later on. Y'all have dreams that you're holding on to. Y'all have dreams that you're trying to figure out how you're going to finance. Y'all have dreams of you're trying to figure out how am I going to fix my marriage. You have dreams where how am I going to fix the relationship between me and my family. You have dreams where you, you have a business plan that you've looked at a million times and you just haven't taken the next step. You have great dreams, but you're trying to figure out how you are going to achieve it. Not to offend or insult any of you, but none of us are smart enough to do it. If God gives the dream, he'll provide for it in his time. That's the part where we lose it. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. It didn't happen in the time frame I wanted it to happen. Because here's what happens. We have a dream. And we're smart enough to write down a plan. And some of us are even smart enough to write down a timeline. So um, here's my plan. I want to I start this new Tupperware business. And, and I want to be the top, the, top, the top in my region within, within six months to a year. So my timeline is I got to have this many meetings. I got I to gotta do this many parties. I got to sell this much Tupperware. I got to get this many people in my downline to be that successful, Right? And what happens is we draw our little timeline, we have our little plan, and God says, yeah, but my timeline says this. I think two years from now, I might make that happen. But where do I get the glory? That's the key. 
Where can you give me credit for your success? In everything we do, God wants credit. Everything. He makes those dreams seem impossible because he wants you to realize you need him to achieve it. Let's go back to Joseph. Received a dream at 17 years old saying that he was going to rule over his mama, his daddy, and all 11 of his siblings, of his brothers. God get at 17. Joseph like, man, you've got to be crazy. I'm going to be king over them. Then he has the audacity to let them know I'm going to be king over y'all. Impossible. I'm never going to achieve that. God, why would you give me such a dream? I know it's impossible. And then it happens. He goes through all of this muck. He's thrown in jail. He's beat up. He's all of this stuff. His spirit is broken. And eventually he, he, he sees the dream become a reality. Do you think at any point he thought that he could do that? No. Absolutely not. And here we are. God gives us these enormous dreams that we think are fantasy. And so we go out on our own mission trying to achieve them with our own resources, with our own energy, with our own talent. And it's saying it's not enough. If I gave you the dream, rely way more on me to make it happen. Stop depending on your sphere of influence. All you need is me. When you open your Rolodex, it should just say God. That's it. When you look through your contacts, it should say God. When you go through your email list, God. Because that's all you need. He'll send everything else you need. Put him first. So here's what you do when you got a dream. Number one, pray decisively. Number two, pray <clears throat> specifically. Here's the final thing. And this is where a lot of us lose it. Pray expectantly. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? A lot of us stop there. It's like, I'm praying to God. Here's my decisive, my specific prayer, my decisive, I've decided to pray. Here's my specific prayer. We pray to God, but we don't expect anything in the end. We pray as if we don't believe God is actually going to bless us. We pray as if we believe that God is not big enough to do everything he said he would do. And let me tell you why. Because what happens is, when we pray to God, we pray to a God that we think is this small or this small or is only as big as your body is. We forget what he did in the Bible. The same stuff that he did in the Bible, for the record, those are not just great stories. Those are stories of real events that occurred, all of it, all of it, real events that occurred. And when we pray, we pray to a God that's only as big as we allow him to be in our minds or in our imagination, right? When the reality is that same God that rescued an entire nation, that same God that allowed his son to come down here, walk on water, perform miracles, that same God that did some amazing things that allowed a woman that was like a hundred or more years old have a baby for the first time still does that. 
And when we pray, we need to pray like Hannah. Hannah expected God to actually do what she was asking him to do. Here's the thing. God's promise is to answer our prayers. But he doesn't promise to answer. He doesn't promise to answer our prayers according to our will. He doesn't promise to answer our prayers according to our time. He doesn't promise to, promise to answer our prayers according to what we want it to happen or how we want it to happen. He promises only to answer prayers. And a lot of times, people are like, I've been praying, been on my knees. I put oil all over my body. I, I, just, I didn't just stop at the head. I poured it on. I opened up a jar of olive oil and just dripped it on my head. I fasted for a year. I mean, y'all go to the extreme, and God didn't answer my prayers, and God was like, you did all of that. I answered your prayer like the day you asked. You just were too focused on how you wanted me to answer it. You were too focused on Jeannie and not God. And because Jeannie didn't show up, you upset saying I didn't answer your prayer. When I did, but you had this blindfold on of selfishness. You had this helmet on of self-righteousness. You had this suit on of, got to get mine. And it didn't happen your way. So you blame me. Shame on you. You did all of these things, all of these sacrifices. You poured all this oil over your head, and, and I gave you the answer a long time ago. But you didn't listen. You weren't paying attention. Pray expectantly. Here's the thing. God, made, he, he, could, he could have not given this woman a child. Being real, it happens. People pray all the time. I've had those prayers where I've been in a hospital with people very sick, praying, God, please, just whatever, man. I'll, man, whatever it takes, I'll give something on my side, major, and he didn't show up. And I was like, man, did you, did you? I thought you answer all prayers, man. I prayed hard for this. I cried. I weeped. I sacrificed. I fasted. I did all everything. If you check the box, I did all of that, and you still didn't. And God said, I did, but I had a need bigger and better than yours. You have to trust me. Number one, pray decisively. Number two, pray specifically. And number three, pray expectantly. 1 Samuel 1, 19 through 20 says this. And I've already shared this, but I want, I want you all to hear the Scripture in this. Hannah prayed a specific prayer for a son that she, would, that she could give back to the Lord. He gave her that plus some because she followed through. Here it is. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. And then they returned home to Ramah. And when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, that's a key piece, in due time, when it was time to happen, when it was God's time to release that to happen, in due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. God gave her exactly what she prayed for but it was according to his time. And I guarantee when they left that place, she, 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 I, I guarantee she felt so confident that God was going to impregnate her 
I, I guarantee she beat Ni- uh, Penina in getting in the house. They got off that wagon. Move, girl. I got something to do. And lit the candles and aromatherapy, had the massage oil, and they made some stuff happen. Because she knew, and I, and I bet you she knew. She's like, that's the one. That's the one. That's, that's the baby. That's the son. I feel it right there. She expected God to do it, and he did it as soon as they got back. How about that? Here's what I want to say. We're done. When God has given you a dream, pray decisively, pray specifically, pray expectantly. And here's the most important thing. Never stop. Ten years, 20 years, 30 years. Never stop praying about that dream. Never stop. First Thessalonians 5 reminds us that, you know, always be joyful, but never stop praying. And here's the biggest thing. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ in Jesus. Never stop. Never stop. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.